Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the fog and the rain in the trees of the Pacific Northwest. Or is it the fog and the rain in the trees of the fort that are precisely the things which you should be hiding from? For that reason, listener discretion is advised. Peggy watched as Edith seemingly fell apart, staring at the earth. The old woman's hands were firmly planted on the ground as she was knelt and slumped forward, staring into the small hole that she'd managed to dig with her bare hands. 
chiller with his face and soul of soot and ash and his sickly sunken eyes. He's poisoned my sanctum. Fouled the soil. Sent sickness coursing through the bones of my temple. (sighs) Edith looked up as she considered the trees that encompassed the clearing. A ring of trees that at once were both meticulously planted and strewn chaotically in the space of a nearly perfect ring that held the deeper forest back from the clearing. I planted these trees. That was so long ago. So very long ago. I planted them with my sisters, and when they returned to the mud and hurt, their bones just dust scattered in the bog, I came here and wept in the arms of this place. When I needed to speak with them, I communed with them here. During heavy rains when the earth is soft, I would slip my hands into the ground. I would reach down and feel them lingering between the pebbles. I would speak to them and I could hear their words and their infinite knowledge, the knowledge of those who had already lived, free from the risk and responsibility of living. Beautiful memories, like the ripples of pebbles tossed in the river, just the ripples of a splash. They aren't the satisfying kerplunk or the cascading of droplets thrown into the air, but they carry the weight along the surface as far as it'll go. Just quiet, beautiful ripples, memories of a beautiful thing. A splash, and that's all. There, and then, gone. 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 When they felt joy, I felt joy. When they felt pain, I felt pain. Now I feel... They are gone. When they are gone, I am gone. Peggy felt the weight of Edith's words fall on her. Unlike other adults Peggy had met, the old woman spoke in ways that made sense, that made her nostalgic for moments she'd never lived. The old woman's words were direct, and while she could only feel what those words meant some of the time, Peggy knew what the old woman, Edith, 
was telling her. There was honesty in what she said. Honesty and respect, no euphemisms, no you-know-whats and those things, just words that meant what they said and didn't dance around the topic. My brothers are gone, and I feel gone too. It was the first time that she'd said that out loud. She'd had no one to talk to, and even if she did, she wouldn't have had the words to express the the emptiness, the, the despair, the feeling that without those that loved her, as they fell like flies at her feet, she might drift up and join that which she looked up to. The moon. Then, at least, there would be some other girl living in the fort who would look up into the sky and see her. Much smaller, but hopefully as beautiful, frozen in the big, empty, dotted sky. Someone might notice her then, remember her then. Even if they didn't know her name and called her moon or star as well, they'd still be looking up at her. Edith Blackleach stood with her bloodied and dirtied hands beside her. Her shoulders were loose and slack, but they weren't resigned. Her face hung heavy, hearing her words mirrored by a girl so young, who hadn't even been given the chance to grow into the pain of the slings and arrows of life. They'd just been set on her, like ravenous dogs, and Edith could see Peggy knew that as well. Whether she'd admitted it to herself or not, Edith Blackleach could see that Peggy knew that her time was running out. Edith stepped forward, swaying as she walked, the weight of loss on her shoulders. Her eyes were intently set on Peggy. They pinched at the edges, and a warm and sad smile crossed her face as she held her hands out, palms up towards Peggy, opening her arms wider, offering to hold the girl who she saw wanted to be held with desperate need. It took Peggy a moment to realize what the old woman was offering and a moment longer still for her to feel the yearning to be held even for a moment. And then Peggy stepped towards Edith, feeling the dirt shift under her soles as she walked to the old woman, and then before she knew it, she ran and nearly leapt into her arms. Oh, they fastened tight around Peggy LaPont. She could feel her rib cage bending with the ferocity of the love the old woman hugged her with, and for the first time in a very, very long time, constricted as she was, held tightly, almost too tightly, she could breathe easy. There, there, child, you aren't gone. And neither am I. Not yet. There, there, child. Your brothers and father are not gone. They have just returned. The dirt for me to feast upon. 
to suck the marrow from their bones, to sip the sweet jelly from their eye sockets. The same as your sisters, Edith. They all watch you from above, reborn as the bark in the trees that extend my reach, and the buds and leaves that define my glory. Peggy at once jumped, still in Edith's loving embrace and held tighter to the old woman at the same time. Her eyes shut tight, she began to shake as she imagined that the voice had come from the tree itself. But that, that, that was a ridiculous thought. Trees don't talk. She would have told herself anything in that moment to forego the reality of her twisted world of the fort just to hold on to the comfort of that hug for a moment longer. Edith began to let go of Peggy, and she could feel the old woman's chin lift from her shoulder, where it had nestled in tight to her and made her feel secure for what was assuredly too short a period of time for the young girl. I was wondering when the tree would speak. All splinters and no bite. you once in my hand, a small acorn, a little nut hidden behind its shell, a gift from mother to daughter, and discarded in the woods. I warmed you in the palm of a tightly gripped hand for many days, preparing you to grow and be fruitful in your gifts to the earth. I could feel you were spiteful, maybe. Maybe I was too hopeful. Trees grow, or grow poorly, with the love they are given. But you weren't fed love, were you? Bog witch, I've only been fed. Love. Love is what I was born of. Love is what sustains me. The sacrifice of the physical manifestations of love. Who feeds you, tree? Tell me now or I will build a bonfire at your base and watch as you spit sparks up, up into the sky. The loss of parents feeds me, and he who brings them to me is a burnt man. The teller. Yes, yes, the teller. 
with vigor. He is who fortified the soil of this temple you built for me. He is who planted the bodies of lost children at my base for my roots to feed on. Then for me to remake. Edith glanced over at Peggy. The young girl could see a dark indifference fall over the woman's eyes for only a moment, before they softened towards her once again, and then Edith turned back fully to regard the tree. I see the truth now. You will never see as I do. My roots reach deep. They touch nearly every tree that shades this forest and the fort hidden beyond it. And I have more roots that spill through into the riverbed and spit the secrets of this place to be carried by the tide and spread further still. How high, tall and spiteful your branches have grown. How sturdy the roots that rip the soil and spread sickness through this temple. Not built for you, but built for me and my sisters. Filthy bog witches, as you lovingly put it. Do you think the worm knows that it works the soil for bigger things? You built this for me. It was always in tribute to my coming. Twigs and more twigs for brains. Peggy, don't ponder his words. Close your ears and take hold of my hand. We are leaving this once holy place. I won't have you listening to the filth this pretender would spit from its knots and rotten core. Then that shadow that fills you is yours to claim. The shadow you cast, your soul, belongs to another. It's been fed to you through your roots, and now you think it's yours. Your thoughts, your words, your wants are not yours. Gifted to me by the Tiller, 
the Dark Man. Those seeds are not his to spread. You are not made of dust and shadow. You are kindling that will be fed to the flame to cast and spread the shadows. You are nothing more, nothing less. Edith grabbed hold of Peggy's hand as they turned to leave down another pass, previously unnoticed by the small girl, a much less worn path heading south or southeast from the opening that had first spat them into the clearing. You intend to take her home. Interesting. Oh, I wonder what my daughter will say when she learns the truth. Will she still hold your hand so lovingly, or will she return to me? Maybe anger is exactly what she needs to wash away her fear, or maybe it is what will finally bend and snap the little sapling. Peggy glanced over her shoulder as Edith pulled her away, still bewildered that a tree had just spoken. It had not been her imagination, but a nightmare come to life, a nightmare which she was too tired and confused to fully comprehend. It only seemed to be yet another part of the natural world she had simply not seen yet. She found herself wondering if what the gigantic oak had said was true. Did his roots touch all the trees in the fort? Had he been watching over her through the window, wishing her goodnight by scratching the branches of the chestnut tree outside her home against that window that looked into her bedroom? Had he been watching her through the little eyes on the buds of each tree she climbed her entire life, watching her as she grew? Then she remembered uncomfortably that he'd referred to her as his daughter. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open. Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die. In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. 
would you like to see? With your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. I got the ghost of you inside of my head. What I'm supposed to do, the blood has been shed. He got a dark past in a soul that's unfed. What I'm supposed to do is already dead. He's already dead. Yes. Yeah.